exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. WDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing on Impact Exposure. Uh, my name is Dave Harinku. I'll be your host as usual for the next hour. And always, my lovely co-host Megan to my left. How's it going, Megan? Oh, it's going great. Thank you. Good to hear. I always love doing two intros. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding around. But listen, we have a lot to get to on today's show. Obviously, the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about the ads, talk about the halftime show, the game, obviously. Uh, we'll start with the Super Bowl, then we'll get to our uh, lowly uh, Michigan State Spartans, talk a little Wings, Pistons, uh, and even a little Tigers news for you guys. But uh, let's kick the show off. Super Bowl 45 took place yesterday in Dallas. Well, it actually was in Arlington, excuse me, but at the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. And the Green Bay Packers faced off against the Pittsburgh Steelers in what was a really good game. Yeah. Started off... To think, you know, once that game was in the second quarter, 21 to 3, you're thinking maybe another blowout Super Bowl, boring, you know, get ready to turn it at halftime. But it turned out to be a darn good game. 31 25 was the final score. And the Green Bay Packers are the 2010 champions. 2011. Well, technically, they won for the 2011, 2010 season. <laughs> I get it, though. But, um, yes, they won the Super Bowl. Congrats to, congratulations to Green Bay. Uh, green and yellow. No black and yellow. Uh, sorry, Megan. Sorry your uh, Steelers did not pull it out. You know I'm still wearing the shirt. I know. I still have it you on. You still got to represent. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. It really was a really good game. Uh, Pittsburgh, you know, as a lot might have thought, had, was never really even out of this game. When it was 21-3, to I still, you can't, you know, fall asleep on Pittsburgh. They are a good team. Uh, you know, we saw them come from behind against Baltimore uh, when they were down 21-7 to at that half, and they came back and won. And, you know, you almost thought the same thing was going to happen again, but Green Bay held on. Aaron Rodgers, who was the MVP, of the Super Bowl, played a fantastic game, uh, threw for three touchdowns, no interceptions, 304 yards. Uh, he played a masterful game out there on the field and basically, you know, took his team, took his team all the way. This is the only second number six seed to win a Super Bowl. Uh, and the first one was actually the Pittsburgh Steelers, 2005. But uh, Megan, you watched the game. Let's start with the game. What did you think? Um, As you know, I was for the, for the Steelers and they couldn't pull it off. I mean... What after half or after halftime? It was twenty one seventeen or one twenty one seventeen. Twenty one ten at the half. Yes. Yeah, and then it, they scored right after that. Mm -hmm. and, I mean, I was like all excited, you know. There was like me and like three other people out of like eleven, you know, that were <laughs> Pittsburgh fans. So we were all excited, and I don't know. The the one thing I think we talked about last week that would make or break the game is turnovers. Yep. And he threw Roethlisberger threw two interceptions and there was a fumble. Yep. And Green Bay had none, and I think. Like I even looking at all the stats right now, Pittsburgh was pretty much ahead on everything except for maybe like one. And so I yeah. had, had they not had those three turnovers, I think it would have been a completely different game. I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to defend them obviously cuz <laughs> that's really bad that <clears throat> excuse me, they had three turnovers, but I think Green Bay did really well. I, I give them so much credit for being a 6 seed and coming in and winning the Super Bowl. You know, they went all the way 
and congratulations to them, like you said. And I, I, it was a really great game to watch, and I was pretty excited throughout the whole entire thing. No, it really was a good game. Again, I, you know, it looked like it was going to be a blowout. Uh, the last couple years have been good Super Bowls. Uh, you know, Colts and Saints last year was a close game. I know it ended at 31-17, to but that was a really good game. Uh, even the Arizona-Pittsburgh game the year before that. And obviously, who can forget the New England Patriots against the New York Giants back in 2007-2008 season. Um, really, you know, this was another really memorable Super Bowl. Um, it was very enjoyable. Uh, we'll get to the halftime show and the national anthem and all that stuff in a moment. But uh, like you said, Megan, I mean, really, Pittsburgh statistically, if you you know don't have you take away those turnovers, they did play a good game. They ran the ball very effectively for 126 yards. Uh, Green Bay had a lot of trouble actually getting yards on the ground, only uh, 50 total rushing yards. But again, uh, I think it came down to you know who was the better quarterback, and it was Aaron Rodgers. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, you know, he did throw those two picks, and uh, you know, great you know great catches uh, you know by Green Bay, but the, you know they forced some good turnovers, and that was a you know great forced fumble on Rashard Mendenhall, and you know those are your game changing moments. You said it yourself. I mean, we talked about it. Turnovers will be the difference in a game like this with when teams are so evenly matched, and uh, Green Bay got the better of them. Um, again, it was a fantastic game. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, you know, penalty wise, uh, teams were quite even, about uh, six to seven penalties apiece. Uh, possession, you know, time possession. Pittsburgh did have the ball longer, about 33 minutes to Green Bay's 26. But uh, overall, Green Bay kept their composure even when they had guys going out. Um, Charles Woodson, which was undoubtedly the biggest loss that Green Bay took in that game, Woodson going out in the second quarter with a broken collarbone, mm-hmm. um, that was real tough. Uh, Charles Woodson is a shut down corner, and uh, I think we you know we all saw the difference out there once Woodson was out of the game. Uh, basically, here's some stats for you know when Woodson was playing and when he wasn't. Uh, when Woodson was in, Pittsburgh only had a 52% completion percentage. When he was when Woodson was out, almost 70%. You know, two picks to two touchdowns when he was out. You know, the passer rating for Roethlisberger: 31 when Woodson was in, 118 when Woodson was out. Plus 18 for Green Bay for their score differential. Minus 12 without him. Woodson was a huge loss. But they persisted. And they played through their injuries. And, uh, I mean, it seemed for a while that they were carting off a different Green, play, Green Bay player every second down that little tunnel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they kept showing it. They kept like, showing that locker room. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think that's what my friends were joking about. Like, they just wanted to show us a shot of that, like, tunnel, right. that locker room. Yeah. Looks too cool. <laughs> but, um, no, it really was a good game. Again, this is, uh, you know, congratulations to Green Bay. This is their first uh, Super Bowl since 1997 with Brett Favre. And, uh, you know, they got it done. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Super Bowl is, again, still in the NFC. And uh, good to see. Uh, very good to see. I mean, I don't know if there's much more you can say about the game. It was just it was a very exciting game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, he becomes the fourth quarterback in Super Bowl history to throw for three touchdowns and 300 yards and no picks. The only other quarterbacks to do that are Jake DeLome, Steve Young, and Joe Montana. So, you know, um, other than Jake DeLome, he's in, uh, you know, good company there. But uh, let's get on, I guess, past the game. Oh, I want to throw a little funny thing in there, though, real quick. Um, I was sitting with a bunch of my friends yesterday watching the game, and they... They were like, so by default, because we beat the Packers, do we get a share of the Super Bowl? You know, like the Lions and everything. We're like, yeah, Lions, Super Bowl chance, you know. It was kind of a funny thing. So It's definitely funny. I mean, who knows? Uh, right now, um, actually, Vegas has set their odds already for next season on, you know, what, you know, for each team individually and what chances they have at winning the Super Bowl. Um, Green Bay is actually not the favorite. Uh, the Patriots are the favorite at 9-2 to two odds for uh, winning the Super Bowl next year. Green Bay is 
is second at six to one. And you want to guess what the Detroit Lions odds are? I don't know. <laughs> Fifty to one. So uh, you know, if you want to throw down ten bucks, you know, who knows? You could win five hundred. Uh, if Lions win the Super Bowl, Woo-hoo. but uh, fifty to one odds just for all you gamblers out there. That's where Vegas has us. So we'll see. <laughs> I did see a couple nice Lions for the Super Bowl 2012 posters, uh, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, well, that'll be the day. Trust me. When we can, God, when we get to a Super Bowl, that'll be. I won't even know what to say anymore. But uh, let's get on to the fun stuff of the Super Bowl. The ads, the halftime shows, the blunders, everything that was. Uh-huh. Um, and listen, if you have an you know, opinion of your own about the game or about what was your favorite ad, what was your least favorite ad out there, what you thought of the halftime show, uh, give us a call, 517-432-3893. Uh, Megan, what were some of your favorite ads? What were some of the ads you thought were maybe distasteful, just not funny? Um, Gosh. I thought Coca-Cola's were really bad. Okay. I did not like any of theirs. I think they were trying to be funny. Like, there was one with the two guys at the border. That w- that would have been the best Coke commercial. The rest of them stunk. Yeah, and that was the best one, and we all just sat there like, what is going on right now? <laughs> like, they were, I don't know. I, d- I really didn't like theirs. I know they're a huge sponsor for the Super Bowl. No, of course. Um, So, I don't know. I felt like last year's, even though their, their ones last year's weren't, weren't funny, they were very um, clever and very creative. Uh-huh. Um, I thought this year wasn't their year. Um, as her favorite, like I, we were talking before the show, um, if we want to kind of break it down into two categories, there's the good ones and then there's the funny ones. Uh-huh. That good. Um, I really like the Pepsi Max ones. Um, there's one that really sticks out when, you know, the wife is trying to get the husband to eat uh, healthy and he's drinking the Pepsi Max and he's checking out the girl next to him and he, she chucks the She just throws the a fastball. Now that was a funny one. She, I like that. Just, the, the girl just falls over. That one was funny. Um, <laughs> I actually missed the Doritos ones, but I heard those were really good. Um, kind of. Yeah, we'll get, really? yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. I was on the bandwagon when I watched it yesterday. We were oh, The whole room was completely silent. For the whole two minutes, the Chrysler M&M commercial came on. Because it was all about Detroit. Yep. And it was awesome. And I, I put it on my Facebook like an hour after it got I shut think I saw here. like 10 people. Yeah. Put that up. yeah. It, was, it was just a great commercial. It was, it, it was really cool because it came back you know, to the roots. Like Motor City. Like It was, it was awesome. I'm a GM person. My dad works for GM, yep. obviously. But I will say Chrysler, there was a two-minute commercial, and, you know, as someone was telling me, it's $2.5 million per 30 seconds. They spent $10 million on their commercial, and I think, honestly, it was a $10 million well spent. They did a very good job with that. I agree. I think it was a home run. Uh, same thing when we were sitting around watching the, you know, the Super Bowl. You know, I'm sitting around with six of my friends, and, you know, really, you're not quiet. You're not just studying the commercials all the time. We're reacting away. We're just talking about the crap. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you start to see the landmarks of Detroit, because you didn't know at first, you know, this was for, you know, this was a Detroit commercial, mm-hmm. but you start seeing the landmarks. You start seeing, oh, look at the Fox Theater. You start seeing the big fist down there, you know, yeah. in Hart Plaza. Um, it was an awesome commercial. Uh, again, silence in the room once we all saw what was going on. No one said a word, and it gave me goosebumps. That's and what everyone was saying. I know. It's true. I, you know, you sit there, I... And maybe I'm sappy, but, you know, I just, I really love that commercial. It was well done. It was well written. Uh, Eminem did a real good job. Um, and I can't believe some people have been saying that he, you know, sold out 
to do this commercial, which that makes absolutely no sense. Mm-mm. He's from the city. He's from this state, and he's trying to represent, you know, bringing Detroit back to greatness. It's going to take a while. We all know that, but this is a good start. Um, it was well worth the $10 million if that's what they spent. <laughs> I'm getting chills right now. Oh, no, yeah, it's like, great. You see the music, you know, the music starts going. You see M driving that Chrysler 200, and it's a fine-looking car. It's like you had no idea. Like, halfway through the commercial, finally, they start playing Lose Yourself, and then you're like, like wait oh, a second. I'm M, like, what's going on here? At first, I, I didn't know M was going to be driving the car. Right. I know, that was just like, I was like, M was driving He it? was in two commercials that night. Yeah, he was in that claymation commercial, yeah. whatever. I didn't even know what it was for. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> you can only remember the other one, obviously. Yeah, it's I the only know. one that matters. I know. But um, it was a fantastic commercial. Like I said, well written, well done. Uh, the cinematography, just the way it was shot, showing him get out of the car. You got the Fox Theater right there. Like right. I said, gave me chills. Uh, I love this state, and I love Detroit. And you uh, notice up in the... Um, in the Fox Theater thing up there, uh-huh. said "Keep Detroit Beautiful." Yep, and it was just—it was kind of a. I, I sorry, keep going. No, <laughs> but yeah, no, commercial. it was a really good commercial, <laughs> and I think yeah, you know, we're echoing the sentiments of I think many, um, you know, and even if you didn't like the commercial, you know, call in and tell me why. Um, I don't know why someone might not like it, but hey, I'll respect your opinion if it's reasonable <laughs> or if it's <laughs> rational. But um, you know, really, uh, it was a well done commercial. Uh, you know, just getting it back to Detroit. I, you know, whether you think it's good or bad, hey, it got us a lot of publicity. City. Oh, yeah. uh, trust me, I mean, that's going to help Chrysler out, and Chrysler needs help. And it's going to be good. I mean, people are talking about it in L.A., New York, Washington, articles about it everywhere. Okay, this is not just, just people in this state did not just see it. Everyone saw it. And actually, that's something I need to mention. Actually, this Super Bowl has now become the highest-watched television event in TV history. Huh. Um, it has surpassed last year's Super Bowl. Uh, last year's Super Bowl uh, took the crown away from the MASH season finale, uh, series finale, excuse me, back in 1983 which attracted 106 million viewers back then. But last year's Super Bowl did top it at 106, 106.5 million. But this year's Super Bowl really blew it out of the water. 111 million v- viewers on the Fox network. Um, you know, they now they hold the top spot. Um, basically, um, and now that's 111 million viewers. That's for people that watched the entire game. Uh, they basically have it set at around 162.9 million for people that watched part of the game. And, you know, and that includes obviously people that watch the whole thing, but roughly 163 million people that watch this year's Super Bowl. Um, obviously, people loved it. I think people like the teams. You like the matchups. They're teams you can get behind. Um, you know, it's in, you know two you know franchises that have been around for a long time that always has a little bit more of a lore uh, for you know f- for football fans or just for fans you know of just the Super Bowl in general. You don't have to be a football fan to enjoy the Super Bowl and the whole theatrics of the entire event. But again, with the commercials, again, yeah, no matter what, uh, the M&M uh, Chrysler commercial is the best. I definitely did like the um, the Volkswagen with Darth Vader. Oh, that one was That cute. little kid was just him wearing a Darth Vader costume was just hilarious to me. I could just see a dad doing that, too, just like just to make the kid happy. Just yeah. stand inside. I'm going to start the car. <laughs> I thought it was, yeah, it was a really cute commercial. It was funny. Yeah. Um, I also like the career builder, uh, the monkeys driving. I always love it when <laughs> just there's such bad drivers. <laughs> no, but um, no, I just that was that was a fun commercial. Uh, in response to the Doritos commercials, they weren't bad. I just really I wasn't a big fan of the ones where that guy licks the other guy's finger or sucks on his finger. That's the thing. Guys eating a bag of Doritos and the guy's like, oh, you know, oh, they're all gone. He's like, no, they're not. And he goes and licks the guy's finger. He's got Doritos on it. Yeah, kind of disturbing. I did miss that one. I was making food. 
So yes, yeah, so I, I don't know. Some people like it. I didn't. That's just me. I thought it was a little bizarre. Um, but again, yeah, Doritos, Pepsi, Coke, Bud Light. What's new? Uh, you know, they own. Uh, all these slots practically you expect the, to see those. There was a Budweiser one. I was because I was recapping on all the commercials earlier today. Um, there was a Budweiser one where they're all singing in the bar. Yeah, um, uh, Tiny Dancer. Yeah, that's what they were singing. Was Tiny? <laughs> were, that one's pretty good. Yeah, that that wasn't too bad either. Yeah, they, yeah, they were singing a little Elton John. It's after. weird you didn't see the the Budweiser Clydesdales. We didn't see any of the they horses. Sh- no, they showed him. No, they did. Um, did they, they they showed him pulling up because they're in some old west town, oh. and that's when the Clydesdales come stomping in and Just deliver like a case. Of, them in there. Yeah, they <laughs> get the cases of Bud Usually Light. They're like the the main focus, though. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to switch up. No, oh, yeah, they still had them in there. I think you have to have them in there, but yeah. they weren't like the they weren't the main focus of right. the commercial. But overall, I think the commercials were decent. You know, I I've always felt that you know some are funny, some aren't. People get a little too uh, I think over eccentric, thinking they're going to be the best commercials ever. I mean, yeah, you're going to have your good ones, you have your crappy ones. What about the E Trade baby? The E-tra- I'm, I'm tired of that E Trade baby. You're, you're tired of the E Trade baby. I'm really tired really? of that baby. Yeah, I'm just. It's been, that shtick's been going on long enough. They gotta find yeah. something new. I think it's still kind of funny. It's still, it's not bad. It's just, it's like I'm getting a little bored of it. I mean, that baby's gotta be like five years old now. But it's, <laughs> they, I mean, they keep switching babies. I mean, it can't be the same baby. The baby looks the same. Maybe they just keep the same kind of stuff and then they just move the mouth. Because that's how they do it. It's all done by technology. Yes. As if everything is now. Our good technology. Yep. And let's get to some technology that didn't work too well. The halftime show. <laughs> um, the halftime show was uh, the Black Eyed Peas this year. Um, Usher was also also there. Shaq was the, uh, Not Shaq. Shaq. <laughs> Slash. There you go. <laughs> Shaq. Yeah. I wish Shaq was there. He would have made it a little bit funnier. Uh, but yeah, uh, Slash was there. Um, overall, what did you think of the show? Oh, my goodness. I... Everyone I was with, Fergie should stop singing. Fergie should stop singing. She's just ruining this whole show. And I think they were just trying way too hard. Uh-huh. And I think they threw too many people in it at once. And it was like, oh my gosh, here's Usher. Oh my gosh, here's Slash. You know, like, let's sing this song. And there's even ours. And, <laughs> and like, the effects are pretty sweet. Like, the people with the arrows. Yeah, the people, like, they got Christmas lights yeah. under their clothes. I mean, that was pretty cool because they, like, made, like, at least they weren't just standing there, like, hey, let's be no, the that's audience. True. It's like they were making things out of it. And I thought that was pretty cool how they integrated that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, the music. Music selection, not so much. Nah, not really. Um, I, I can understand. I mean, they've been doing a lot of like you had Bruce Springsteen. Uh, what was that last uh, two years ago? The Who was last year. Tom Petty was the year before. They've had a lot of old rockers, mm-hmm. you know, really do the Super Bowl halftime shows the last few years. So they're trying to mix it up. Right. Um, I've never. I've always been lukewarm on the Black Eyed Peas. I like some of their stuff. Other stuff I think is just ridiculous. But uh, I did hear reports that uh, the mics cut out twice on uh, like Fergie and those guys, <sighs> which maybe that's why they sounded as bad as they did. But I. Thought the same thing. They really didn't sound good. And uh, Slash, he seems to do every Super Bowl halftime show in some way. Uh, he's just everywhere. But um, Usher, maybe Usher was the best part of it. I don't know. Usher and Slash in general. Yeah. Um, but it was an okay halftime show. I mean, I didn't think it was too special, but it was all right. I think you said it best. The dancers and all the lights kind of looked kind of cool. Yeah, it looked cool. Uh, you know, it seemed, tell me if you noticed this too. Did you notice a theme of like almost futuristic? Aliens, like all these kind of commercials and movies yeah, and trailers, and like just even what they had. Look, you look at what the Black Eyed Peas were wearing. It looks like yeah. they came out of two thousand, you know, one hundred. Yeah, after um, time time of your life, that Dirty Bit song came out, their newest one. Um, yeah, that's when they kind of got techno futuristic, like woo, and everything's kind of turned into auto tune, and everything's just so 
they're trying to get so ahead of themselves that it kind of looks strange. But. Yeah, I just noticed an overall theme. Like I said, right. you got Transformers, you know, three trailers, that Cowboys and Aliens movie. I just, I, it just seemed a lot of alien stuff. Even that Coke commercial, they had like that dragon, you know, fan, fantasy kind yeah. of. He's blowing yeah, yeah, fireworks yeah. around. Mm-hmm. I just noticed it. I don't know. It just seemed like a theme of this right. year. Even that Darth Vader thing. I mean, again, you're getting sci-fi, you know, fantasy kind yeah. of theatrics. I don't know. It was all right, though. I mean, I enjoyed watching the Super Bowl. I thought it was a good time. Um, actually, even though some yeah, some people did give, obviously, the Black Eyed Peas bad reviews, but they did have higher, uh, slightly higher ratings than uh, performers like Bruce Springsteen, The Who, and Tom Petty, as I'd mentioned. I think they're more appealing to the younger audience. They are, and without a doubt. I think what it is right now is everything's so geared toward the younger audience because we're, we make we make up the majority of the population right now. I mean, yeah. I... Obviously, you have those commercials. You know, they had leading up to the Super Bowl, a guy who's been to every Super Bowl, all 44 Super Bowls. Yep. Obviously, he went to his 45th. I was sitting there watching the game going, they're probably at their 45th Super Bowl right now. That's but awesome. My friend, he actually told me one of the guys uh, out of those four couldn't make it this year oh, because no. he actually he was in the hospital Aww, due to some health complications. But, yeah, that is unfortunate. But yeah. I, I assume the other three uh, made it to their 45th. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, But still, the all-time record for halftime show, you have a guess? For the all-time most watched, and I'll give you a hint, it was 1993. <laughs> I was three years old in 1993. I know. I, listen, I didn't watch this halftime show either. I was only oh, seven. Goodness, I don't know. Michael Jackson. Oh. He holds the all-time record for uh, you know most watched halftime show, it which he sense. should. Yeah. Uh, I bet that was an amazing halftime show. Probably. But uh, overall, very fun experience, I'd say, for the yeah. Super Bowl. Good time. Yep. Um, overall, yeah, just enjoyed it. Uh, you know, it was pretty good. Again, I mean, let's, well, I think we should mention real fast, Christina Aguilera. Oh. Uh, she had uh, some problems mm-hmm. with uh, remembering lyrics, repeating <laughs> herself a little bit. Uh, I felt bad for her. You just, uh, yeah. She's getting judged, too, because um, you guys, are, everyone out there is probably going to hate me for saying this. She has put on a little weight. She has. And um, I think, you know, because they're celebrities, when they put on weight automatically, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, she's huge. Like, I'm, she was probably like, I mean, that's just something as a celebrity that's probably going through your head. Like, oh, what are they going to think of how I look? Like, and I had a couple people I was with, too, were judging what she was wearing. Like, oh, yeah. People just they pick you apart. Oh, yeah. When you're a celebrity. But yeah, I I mean, you're you're, you're singing the national anthem for the Super Bowl. I, I, you probably should remember. the. Lyrics. You should. I'd be practicing that every day for weeks, just singing it in my sleep to yeah. make sure I didn't screw up. I mean, she missed that whole rampart part, you know, part of the song. Mm-hmm. And again, I feel bad for her. I mean, she didn't butcher it like Carl Lewis did years ago. I mean, that was the worst performance I've ever seen of the of the national anthem. But again, yeah, you know, that's a thing. You know, you put on a little weight. She probably, yeah, a little self-conscious up there, a little nervous. Who wouldn't? Yeah, exactly. And um, she screwed it up, but she didn't do terrible. No. Okay, she. I mean, come on, it's national anthem. Get over it, people. All right, it's been sung a million times. It'll be butchered by someone else again in the future. It always will. All right, <laughs> but uh, still, I mean, oh, God, I feel bad for that girl. I'm. So, I'm not, I've never been a. You know, I've never been a hater of Christina Aguilera. Oh no, she's got some. She's got some way good talent. Like, she does. No matter what, like even if she butchered the lyrics, her voice is still phenomenal. No, her and voice is great. Yeah. And uh, now listen, uh, we are going to take a quick break a little earlier than usual, but I need more than seven minutes to talk about the Michigan State Spartans, okay? <laughs> so uh, when we get back from break, like I said, we'll talk about the Spartans, we'll get to some Wings, Pistons, and a little Tiger news for you guys. And you are listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Impact Exposure. 
For more variety than you'll hear on any other station, listen to the Impact Primetime, Primetime, where you can find a different specialty show every night of the week. Friday nights at 10 p.m., get ready for The Mechanical Pulse, where we're spinning all the house, trance, drum and bass, electro, ambient, and remixed music you need to get the weekend started. You'll hear live interviews and DJs spinning straight from the Impact Studios and the best new music on the scene. So tune in every Friday night at 10 p.m. for Mechanical Pulse. Only on 88.9 The Impact. Have you ever considered donating your blood? If not, perhaps you might reconsider. By the time this announcement is through, 15 new people will need blood. In fact, blood is needed by one in every 10 hospital patients, and there is almost always a shortage. There is no substitute for human blood. It cannot be manufactured. It can only come from those willing to donate. To learn more or make an appointment, visit redcrossblood.org. Reconsider blood donation. It's about life. Now back to Impact Exposure. Welcome back to the Spartan Sports Wrap here on 88.9 WDBM East Lansing. Thanks to all of our listeners still tuned in. And remember, the phone number, 517-432-3893. Give us a call. Give us your opinion. Uh, we are going to get to the Michigan State Spartans right now. Um, I told you earlier in the show I didn't want to start with them because I was in a good mood. <sighs> and uh, we are going to talk about them now. They played uh, two games last week. They played against Iowa on Wednesday. And they lost by 20. 72 to 52 was your final score. They were abused. They were never close to being in this game. Not for a second. They got destroyed. We'll get to the specifics of this game in a moment. (laughs) To the next game. They played Wisconsin yesterday in a game which I did not watch because I didn't feel like punishing myself. Uh, And I woke up and checked the box score. And I got what I thought. 82-56 to 56 was the final. Michigan State was just annihilated. Okay, They were down by as much as 33 at one point to Wisconsin. 66-33 to 33 at one point in the second half. They were absolutely manhandled. They let, they let Wisconsin shoot 59% from the field, 64% from three-point land. They were just obliterated. Now, Megan, yep. we'll, go to the, we'll start with the Iowa game. Yep. We both watched it. What did you think? Uh, like I told you during the break, um, I did watch it. It was on the whole entire time. I know I was talking to you, I think, during the game, too. And yeah. you said, I'm turning the game off right now. You're like, I can't deal with I'd this rather anymore. dunk my head in a snowbank. <laughs> and I was like, well, I'll suffer through it. You know, maybe they'll come back. And I don't know why I had that kind of mindset. <laughs> no idea why. I'm pretty sure I started zoning out at the end because I don't exactly remember what happened. All I know is they got killed. It was destroyed. It did. And it was just, it's it's sad. You know, like we've said multiple times, multiple shows before that, a, t- a team that was preseason ranked number two fell off the charts, lost to a team that was one and eight in the Big Ten. Bottom, worst team in the Big Ten. Worst team in the Big Ten. And the, the funny thing is, I don't know if anyone, you know, listened back in um, August. I had my friend Brian on here um, who goes to the University of Iowa. And, of course, he has to rub everything in my face because that's just the kind of person he is. He has the right to now. I know. But he texted me a few weeks back and he goes, well, at least you guys can beat Iowa. I was like, oh, yeah, we'll see. And then during the game, not even 10 minutes in, he texts me and he goes, come on, have you called Izzo yet? He goes, I can't have bragging rights in every single sport. And I just, uh, I was, all I could say was, I know, we're horrible. Like, what can you say to that? And they just, I don't know what it is with them. I don't know what's going through their heads. I don't know what they're doing wrong. Well, I do know what they're doing wrong, but I don't know what what they're thinking. And I don't know if this, like, this whole Lucius thing has had that big of an impact on them. 
I mean, I think it has to a point. I think, uh, you know, like we've said before, Draymond, Knicks, these guys, you know, they're all, they were good friends of Corey Lucius. And I mean, God knows a lot of the other guys. I just know for a fact that Draymond and Derek Nix, they were both very close right. with Corey Lucius. Mm-hmm. But um, maybe mentally that has in some way, you know, kind of, you know, got them playing a little lackluster. They've been playing like that before Lucius left, though. Right. And that's why I won't give them as a cop, that as a cop-out excuse. It does shorten their bench. He does have to play guys like Keebler and Thornton a lot more than he wants to and even appling as a freshman getting probably more minutes than you know he 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 should get as a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, Appling does have some really tenacious defense and can turn on the offense at times, but he is still a freshman and he's you know he's playing he's playing like you know junior kind of minutes or at least you know sophomore kind of minutes. Appling was zero and five too. Yeah, he didn't have a good game, but I mean, what Spartan did have a good game? I mean, yeah, Kalen Lucas ended with 17 points in this Iowa game, uh, 17 points. But guess what? You didn't have one assist. You're a point guard, Kalen Lucas. You need to try to not get assists, okay, when you're a point guard. I mean, that's just that's just a, it's ridiculous to think that he did not get one assist in this game. Um, again, yeah, okay, leading score, whatever. Uh, you know, Coach Izzo was uh, quoted as saying after the game, against the, after the Iowa game, quote, that was the worst performance of a team that I've coached since I've been at Michigan State. As you can imagine, we are reeling, end quote. And I agree, I've never seen a worse Spartan loss. Mm-hmm. I, in, in all the years I've watched this team, and that's probably been for about the last 12 years or so, uh, you know, 11, 12 years, I have never seen a loss that was so bad against a team that is not good. I mean, I'm sorry. It, it, even if, if they would have lost by a few points, you still would have been upset at the loss. But, okay, you know, Iowa, they just, they, you know, they played a good game, and we just could barely, get, maybe we just couldn't get it done. It's a lot more credible. It's a lot more credible. I mean, they were... They were down. I think it was like 20. What was it? Like 18 to like four. Like immediately it felt like in a blink of an eye, this team was down 30 to 10. Seven, I think it was 17 to four. And I was just sitting there going, this is embarrassing. Like even if we come back and win, just that's an embarrassing yeah. first few minutes of a game. I mean, Iowa led by 21 points at the half. They led by as many as 26 in the second half. I mean, give me a break. Again, I, like I said, they let Wisconsin shoot 59%. Iowa shot darn near 58%. And they, you know, again, Michigan State, what, 4 of 18 from three-point land, 22% from three-point land? They only shot 34% from the field? It's absolute garbage. I have not seen a team just play it. They don't seem to have heart out there. You know, you think when you were getting embarrassed by Iowa that, you know what, you step it up. And like you said, yeah, you know, if they came back and won that game, you would have thought, well, it's still a horrible first half. Mm-hmm. But they would have came, it made it respectable. Would have done something to at least, you know, save some kind of hope, anything. I've I've said that um, before that, as you were saying, they don't have heart. Um, it just looks like five guys on a court. Yeah, it there's, doesn't look like a team. No, it, there's no chemistry. There's nothing like like you said, Caleb Lucas had no assists. Yeah, it's him throwing up any shot he can get. And the thing is, he has to look for other people and everything. And that's I've I've said that multiple times to people I've talked to about the team. So I might have said it on here before. It's it's five guys on the floor and and nothing else. It's it, there's no there's no team. And for some reason, they think there is an I in team. I don't know where they're finding it. It's somewhere in there, and I, I don't know what's going on. And they just need to build that chemistry, and it's just not happening right now. Yeah, and, and that's the thing is that this, these guys have been together for a while. There should be no building a chemistry at this point. They should already have the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it looks like five individuals out there rather than a team. It looks like guys just sulking on the bench rather than maybe getting amped up and saying, hey, guys, we're not going to lose to Iowa tonight. Okay, we're going to pull it together. You don't see any of that emotion, any of that intensity from any of those guys off the bench. They look like beaten down children sitting there on the bench. 
whining, complaining. No one trying to take the leadership role that someone needs to on this team. Okay, that's that's Darrell Summers or Kalen Lucas's job as seniors. This is your last season at Michigan State, and this is how you're this is how you're gonna go out. This is how you're gonna be remembered. This team is thirteen and ten right now and five and six in the Big Ten. Five and six in the Big Ten. They've lost five of their last six games. Okay? Even though Kalen scored seventeen, which you think oh, okay, that's something. He was five of sixteen from the field. That's crap. Draymond Green quoted as saying, you know, quote, rock bottom. I don't know how much farther you can drop. These guys have no confidence, and at this point, they shouldn't. The way they've been playing, and this goes on to Izzo, this goes on the team, it goes on everybody. I'm not just going to blame one player like Darrell or Kalen or just, you know, use the excuse of Corey Lucius being out. No, this is an all-around blame fest for everybody. Okay, when you get down 30-8 to with 7 minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half to Iowa... I don't know what game I just turned. I was watching. Hmm. I don't know what team I've been watching all season. Looks like a high school basketball game to me. It does. It, it looks. It's pathetic. Like I said, it's one thing if you go out and you show me that you have the intensity, you have the drive, and you're trying to win. And if you lose, at least you left your heart bleeding on the court. Whatever you gave it your all. I don't see that from this group of kids right now. I see them as sulking, as beaten down, as just giving up. Preseason number two. And you're going to go out, and you, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not going to make the tournament. It's getting that close. They have seven games left. Seven games left in the Big Ten, and then you go on to the Big Ten tournament. Now, in those seven games that are left, let's talk about a little bit who they're playing. Uh, they will be playing Penn State. Uh, that game is going to be on uh, Thursday. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then uh, that's at the Breslin Center. And then uh, they then they don't play till next week. Uh, I believe it's on the 15th. And they're going to be playing Ohio State at Ohio State. <laughs> okay, after that, you still have to play Illinois. You have to play Purdue, Minnesota, Iowa again, and Michigan. Okay, now four, uh, I think four of these games are at home. Looking at these games... What wins do you see for Michigan State right now? I mean, you, like I just said, you got Purdue, Minnesota, uh, uh, Illinois, uh, Ohio State, Penn State, Iowa, and Michigan. How'd the Minnesota Ohio State game end up last night? Do you know? It was uh, it was like eighty. What was it eighty to sixty-seven? Let me I can check real fast. Okay, well, Let's if check. it's that, I mean, Ohio State. They still the number one team. Oh yeah. Okay, you have Ohio State, so I don't see us beating Ohio State. Especially they're number one. They're good. They're really good. Yeah, they and, got all the first place votes this week. Yeah, Ohio State twenty four and zero, undefeated. And if Minnesota could keep up with Ohio State like that, they and, kept up with. I mean, they fell out of the rankings, but just barely. But they did keep up with them. They lost by, I believe, it was like fifteen when but, it came down to it. But I mean, that's Ohio State. You got the number one team. That's really amazing. Um, this Thursday, Penn State close game last time. I don't see them pulling it off this time, mm-hmm. especially with how we beat Wisconsin in overtime. Last game, and then we played them this week, and we lose to them by what was it, twenty? Uh, yeah, eighty-two, fifty-six, yeah. or twenty, like twenty-six points. Okay, yeah, twenty-six. And I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I'm just uh, looking through it. I mean, I think we'll beat Penn State on okay. Thursday. I'll give. I think they beat Iowa towards the end of the year. I think they beat Michigan. You think? I think they make up for that. Um, I really do. Um, I, I, I guess I just don't want to admit that I think Michigan could sweep the season series. Uh, against us, but I see three more wins there. You're not going to beat, in my opinion, you're not going to beat Ohio State. No. You're not going to beat Purdue. And uh, you're not going to beat Illinois. I think you can beat Minnesota. I think Minnesota, Penn State, 
Uh, Iowa and Michigan are your four wins there. That's going to put this team at 17 and 13. I think if they keep playing the way they are, a few of your wins aren't going to happen. Yeah, um, and, I, and, and I might be I might be generous. Yeah, I, even I think saying that. Nice. Um, I, this Thursday, if they can pick up, they can clean up their act and do something. It's going to be a good game. But if they play the way they are now, I don't see them beating Penn State. No, I don't. I don't. And I mean, like, real fast, like I want to talk about this Wisconsin game real fast. Uh, you know, what's really irritating is I'm reading this article out of the Free Press. And, you know, basically Izzo says he's quoted, quote, he has really made a commitment to finish this season out talking about Kalen Lucas. He says it's not his fault. Guys are missing shots. Well, when you're not setting your guys up well and you're not trying to actually get them the shots that they need, well, then well, you're not doing your job. OK, we definitely got down and played defense. Are you kidding me? Izzo, you quoted as saying that? I get it. Wisconsin hit some great shots, some three-pointers that, you know, last seconds, you know, on the shot clock, some amazing layups. Don't get me wrong. They shot the ball phenomenally. But if you're going to try and tell me that had nothing to do with your defense, that's a crock. That is a joke. Okay? It definitely had to do with your defense. It definitely did. They, they shot well, but you sh- – oh, it's just it's a joke. I mean, this team – I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I'm boycotting. I'm not gonna watch them. I'm not gonna watch them until they win a game, and then I'll if I find out they've won, maybe I'll start tuning in. Well, I'll be there Thursday, so I can help you out. All right, help me out because I'd rather watch curling for three hours, okay, okay, than watch the Michigan State Spartans. That is quite an insult. <laughs> I would rather watch curling. At least I could get better at shuffleboard when I go to Stolbers. I can't stand watching this team right now. There's nothing about this team that has any kind of any kind of salvation in it for me at this point. I'm a huge fan of this team, and that's why I can be hard on them like this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've watched them for a long time, and it's one thing to underachieve; it's another thing to play like this. Now let's talk about Corey Lucius for a second. An article came out today about Corey Lucius mm-hmm. and where he might be headed. Uh, Corey Lucius has been quoted as saying on Saturday that he's considering transferring to Iowa State, where Chris Allen is actually playing now, and he plans on visiting Marquette. Uh, later this month, so that's uh, that's basically what Corey's doing. Uh, I mean, as it sounds right now, um, for all you hopefuls, I was one of you. Um, doesn't sound like he's coming back next year. I mean, they only dismissed him for the year. He has he has the chance to maybe come back next year, but he has a chance. The way he's been quoted, the way his mother's been quoted, um, it sounds like he's not coming back. And the big place is looking um, at Iowa State right now to be with Chris Allen. Yep. That's where he's really looking right now. He said he's still going to visit Marquette. I guess it wasn't it next week he's supposed to have a decision or something. Oh, uh, yeah, something like, yeah. I mean, basically, he's going yeah, to take his time, though. I don't think it's going to be next week. I think he's going to wait a little bit. Probably. It's going to be one of those uh, ones where he's going to keep us in suspense. Yeah, because like they, like he said, he's visiting Marquette sometime this month. There's no specific date. Um, right. He'll visit there. Um, uh, Lucius was quoted as saying, quote, everything just didn't work out, so I think it's time to move on. We just didn't see eye to eye on things, just little minor things that I could have done better on my part, end quote. Um, you know, things just didn't work out here for the kid. And, uh, you know, Izzo is, you know, been saying he's going to help him try to find his, you know, find the right team for him and uh, the right fit for his final year of eligibility. Yeah. Um, he won't be eligible to play until the 2012-2013 season. Yeah, and we were talking, I don't know if anyone knows this, if he's been if he's redshirted yet, but um, Chris Allen went over to Iowa State redshirted this year and is playing another year. So maybe that's what he'll end up doing. Um Oh, man. Yeah, because Allen's eligible to play for the 2011-2012 season. So, yeah, I think that's probably exactly what would happen. Right. Lucius would have to sit for a season, and then he could play as a fifth-year senior. But the nice thing is um, about Lucius is he's gracefully taking what he did. Like, he knows he what he did was wrong. And, like, in the article, he's he's 
he has no hard feelings toward Izzo. Izzo's helping him in any way he can, you know? I mean, it, this could be, this could have been, like, a horrible thing. Like, oh, no one likes Lucius. Like, Izzo's like, bye, you're not coming back. But, you know, he gave him maybe the option to come back next year. He's helping him find a new place if he wants to leave. Like, I mean, at least it's working out like that. And obviously he respects Izzo. Mm -hmm. A lot of people obviously respect Izzo and his decisions. And you know what? Maybe, he, obviously he made the right one if Lucius is taking it like this. So, and I still don't think they've come out with anything about, um... Like what he did. No, they? no, they haven't. I mean, it's still just the same conduct detrimental to the team. Right. And that's all it is. Um, it'll be a while, I think, till we find that out. Um, and it, like we've, we've speculated on it before, it could be something as simple as missing a, you know, a couple you know, meetings, maybe missing a practice, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you know, his grades falling in some of his classes, uh, you know, maybe skipping classes. It can be a lot of different things. And I bet you any money, it's a, it's a, big, it's a bunch of that kind of stuff. Put together. Um, yeah, a bunch of that. Just and plus of just past mistakes. Um, you know, if this kid had never done anything wrong before, I don't think he'd be you know kicked out of kicked off this team for just whatever conduct was detrimental. Mm -hmm. um, I believe you know obviously the reckless driving, which was for, you know a DWI knocked down the reckless driving that he had this summer, um, and he has had problems with uh, attending class in the past. Uh, but, you know, I'm happy that it's not some huge falling out. Uh, it seems like both sides are, you know, they're handling it, handling it like adults, handling it correctly. And, uh, you know, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, I wish all the best to Lucius. I mean, obviously, I wish the kid could have still been here. But, mm -hmm. you know, things change. And, you know, sometimes just certain places aren't right for certain people. It just works out that way. And you can go join Chris Allen with the Cyclones. And that's fine with me. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe we should start shipping some of our other players to Iowa State. <laughs> Have our Michigan State team be good. Yeah, maybe because this team's giving me an aneurysm. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Michigan State coach Tom Izzo actually got a text from owner Dan Gilbert, who sent him an encur encur encouraging message. Uh, basically, uh, Izzo says uh, it read, "Hang in there," uh, which is uh, you know pretty funny. Uh, definitely hang in there. Uh, Gilbert's trying to hang in there as well. Uh, his Cleveland Cav Cavaliers. He's the owner uh, or GM of the Cavaliers. Excuse me, and. Uh, or owner, sorry, GM and owner. He's both. But uh, the Cavs have lost 24 straight games, and uh, they're going to play tonight at Dallas to see if they can keep up that stretch. Uh, Michigan State, obviously, not doing much better. They've lost two straight, two by 20-plus points, five of the final six, five of their last six. Uh, the team's not anywhere close to the top 25, as they shouldn't be. And honestly, I don't think this team deserves to make the tournament with the way they're playing. And even if they squeak in, whether it's through one of those play-in games, or let's say do they just because of the name Michigan State, they get to be put in as an 11 seed. Because I know Joe Lunardi and these guys for ESPN.com, they're talking about a probably an 11 seed right now, maybe a 12 seed, but honestly, the way they're playing, I think they're going to play their way right into the NIT. Uh, it just seems to be the way it's going. I mean, final thought, I mean, as of this, as of right now, do you think they're going to make the tournament, Megan? Huh. I have to keep playing the way they're playing. No, obviously um, not. Like I said, uh, this this Thursday, if they play the way they're playing, it's going to be a blowout. If they, pick up, if they clean up their act, pick it up a little bit, they can win. And it's just they they're not playing like a team like we said. If they keep not playing like a team, there's absolutely uh, there's absolutely no way, but I just don't see it happening. No. I mean, I don't think so either, and I'm not going to watch them until they they prove to me they can actually play uh play some, you know, basketball with some kind of, you know, ferocity, some kind of heart. They just look like they're going through the motions out there in the court, and that's what upsets me. I mean, even if you want to forget about preseason number two, because let's all be honest, that was probably a little higher than they should have been ranked. Right. Um, at the same time, no one in their right mind could have seen the debacle that this season has become. 
Uh, real fast, uh, you know, the AP uh, Top 25 came out, came out, comes out every Monday. Uh, Ohio State, yes, at the top. Uh, Kansas is number two. Texas, three. Pittsburgh, four. Duke, five. San Diego State, six. BYU, seven. Notre Dame, Villanova, and Connecticut rounding out the top ten. So that is your top ten. Uh, Minnesota, uh, they they dropped out of the rankings. But, you know, the, tough schedule in the Big Ten. And at least Minnesota's playing better the ball than us. But uh, that is your top 25. Uh, coaches poll is exactly the same for the top five. Basically for the top ten, it's exactly the same. But uh, let's move on past the Spartans because I can't talk about them anymore. I'm depressing you. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, real fast. Yeah, looking at the schedule. They play next Tuesdays at Ohio State. Yeah, okay. it's next Tuesday at Ohio State. Then on Saturday, they have Illinois at home. So there are away games left at Ohio State, at Minnesota, uh, and at Michigan. It's funny. I think, you know, beginning of the season, everyone was ready for that Michigan State-Duke game. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. I circled it on my calendar, seriously. Oh, yeah. And this Ohio State-Michigan State game, I would would be interested to see the numbers between those two games. Like, the difference in numbers. Yeah. Because this is, like... Had they been playing better than they are right now, this probably would have been a huge game. You know, Ohio State, Michigan State. Well, yeah, it's on ESPN. Right, and but, you know, maybe that was a waste to put on ESPN at this point. No one knew um, back then when they no, scheduled this. obviously not, <laughs> but... Um, like I, it would be interesting, I think, to even look at that because I think Duke Michigan State was on ESPN. I'm sure a ton of people watch that. Yeah. And just to see how many people you know would tune in and watch um, Michigan State Ohio State. I still think a lot of people are going to tune in, and I'll tell you this: if Michigan State can somehow pull it together and upset Ohio State, that alone will be enough to propel them into the tournament. Oh yeah. Without a doubt, if they could beat the number one team, if they could at least put it together for one game, because they really have an all season. They kind of have. But let's think about this. They don't have one win in the Big Ten. That's not in overtime. They haven't won a game in regulation yet. That says a lot. You barely beat Indiana by a point. Game you should have lost. Okay, you stole a game from Wisconsin. Game you should have lost. I mean, just they, they, there hasn't been one sound win. Maybe that Minnesota game we've talked about, maybe that's the best one you have. But I mean, they have the talent. They just need to put it all together. Yeah. Make one giant person. You know, because they... (laughs) I guess that's one way to put it. (laughs) I don't know. Well, let's just hope against Penn State they don't choke on a big green Jolly Rancher, okay? Because that's the way they've been playing. Uh, But we're going to move on to uh, the Detroit Pistons as of right now. Uh, The Detroit Pistons, they've won two in a row. And uh, for the Pistons, that's always good. Yay! Yeah! (laughs) Time to celebrate. Two in a row. uh, They beat the Milwaukee Bucks on Saturday in a game that was a final score of 89-78. to And they beat the New Jersey Nets on Friday night in back-to-back games, uh, which is very good to see. They'd already lost two this season to New Jersey. uh, In one game, which was the first game of the season, which was just an utter meltdown. They blew a seven-point lead with about two minutes left. But they've won two straight. Uh, This team is uh, three games out of the uh, eighth playoff spot right now so you know they're, they're right there uh you know there's still probably about like 35 games left to play or so uh roughly right around there uh the pistons actually guess who played for the pistons on saturday rip who had rip Woo! rip city <laughs> Yay. Uh, rip city came in he hadn't played since january 10th um it had been almost a month since the last time uh rip hamilton has graced us with his presence on the court and uh, he came in scored 15 points in 20 minutes uh did a great job out there on the court um it's all kind of ironic it's all kind of funny this whole situation with Custer and rip and just um you know as a friday night he was deactivated he was deactivated by Custer and everything, and everyone's thinking, okay, well, 
And, you know, Rip was quoted as saying he thinks he had played his last game as a Detroit Piston. He, he had really, he was sold on. He thought that for sure. But funny enough, because the Pistons are, they were without, without some bodies. Rodney Stuckey was out with a shoulder injury, and Max Seal was out as well. And so you need guys. And Hamilton came in, and uh, it's funny, you know, when Kuster went to him on the bench, yeah, Hamilton rolled his eyes, gave a little, you know, right little smile, he just walked to the table. Um, but, you know, he handled it, he handled it like, a, like an adult. Um, but, again, here, here's some quotes from Richard Hamilton, and kind of funny. He says, quote, it was kind of like, is this a joke? Is somebody playing a joke on me? You know, Hamilton, I thought it was a joke. I had no idea, no idea. Just yesterday, I was inactive. Yeah. I mean, I was shocked, too, to see Kuster walk over to him and <laughs> tell him to get in the game. But he did a great job. We all know Rip still has it. Um, it's just, obviously, Kuster and Hamilton just can't seem to get along at all. Um, since Hamilton hasn't played, he hasn't played in 14 games, um, not including this one against Milwaukee, the Pistons have been 7-7. Seven and seven. Um, So in those 14 games, we're about 500. Uh, I just really like to see this situation get you know fleshed out. A little bit more. Uh, Dumars, uh, he had a couple of points he had, he was making about the Hamilton benching. Uh, he made these points on uh, Saturday for uh, Fox Sports Detroit. And he was quoted, he was saying, uh, the front office wishes for Kuster and Hamilton to mend their differences. Uh, the organization still feels Hamilton can help the team. And he, f- and he finds the public discourse distasteful. Uh, Dumars was quoted as saying, quote, the organization has provided itself, it has prided itself in handling things internally, and the organization dislikes it becoming a public display, but that's what it is. It is a display, but I was happy to see Rip Hamilton on the court. Uh, Rip's always been one of my favorite Pistons, and, you know, that we've talked about it before, even though it's kind of gotten sour here uh, with him. I still like the guy. I think he's, you know, he took us to a, he won the championship with us in 2004, almost took us to a back-to-back in 05. Um, he's always been, uh, you know, you know, one of my favorite Pistons, like I said. Um, I think with Billups leaving a couple years ago, that started the, that started the end. It was the beginning of the end for Richard Hamilton because they were such good friends. And I think Billups was uh, the kind of guy that kept Hamilton's, you know, head on straight, kept his cool uh, when he was on the court. You've already seen him get ejected three times this season, a lot of technical fouls, unlike Richard Hamilton. But a quote from uh, ben, Big Ben Wallace says, quote, we are all in this locker room and we want to see him get out there. And it's just a weight off everybody's shoulder in the locker room. You go into every game wondering what's going to happen with the Rip situation. What they going to do about Rip? And he says, to, well, that's, that's Ben Wallace talk. Uh, to see him go out there and see him play well, that makes me feel good. End quote. And I, I felt the same way. I was very happy to see him out there. Um, we'll see if this continues or not. The Pistons play the San Antonio Spurs on Tuesday. So we will see what happens with that. Um, I do want to say, give a little congratulations to uh, Greg Monroe. Uh, Greg Monroe has been playing just fantastic basketball. Uh, the guy had a career-high 20 points. Uh, and 11 rebounds in uh, in the game against uh, New Jersey. Um, it was very happy to see. Uh, Greg Monroe's been playing a lot of extra minutes due to injuries with Chris Wilcox. And uh, even Big Ben, even though he's back now, he'd been out for a while. It's nice to see them uh, get it done. They had uh, 50 points in the paint against New Jersey in that game, which is a rarity to see for a team undersized like the Detroit Pistons. Uh, again, Tayshaun Prince getting it done every game, night in and night out. 22 points, 7 boards, 4 assists in the New Jersey game. And T-Mac... 
Uh, my MVP for the Pistons this season, hands down. Tracy McGrady has been running the point phenomenally, playing fantastic basketball. We signed this guy for just $1.35 million, and he is living up to every penny. Resign him immediately. Tracy McGrady, in my opinion, like I said, he's run the point fantastic. He's a great addition. Him and Monroe seem to have a nice chemistry out there. Um, he's shooting 45% from the field, uh, and he's on he's on pace for his best shooting percentage, percentage since 2002-2003. Congratulations, Trace McGrady. You're playing out of your mind. Uh, the Pistons are 19 and 32, as I said, three and a half game, uh, three games out of the eighth spot. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> the season doesn't end until April 13th, so we got a lot more uh, Pistons going on. Uh, let's uh, jump to the Red Wings real fast. The Red Wings actually are playing right now at Joe Louis Arena. Uh, the puck dropped at 7.30. They're playing the New York Rangers. And for all you Red Wings fans, finally, Pavel Datsuk is back. Uh, he's been out since December 22nd with a broken right hand, but he is ready to play. And he says, quote, today is much better. I play. Don't know how I play, but I play. Um, Datsuk's basically saying he's 70 to 80%, but uh, a lot of people say that's much better than most people still. At that healthy rate, he's still much better than a lot of players in the NHL. Uh, the Red Wings, they suffered back-to-back losses Friday and Saturday. They lost 3-0 to the Columbus Blue Jackets, lost 3-0 to the Nashville Predators on Saturday. Shut out in back-to-back games. Haven't seen that in a while, Detroit. But uh, hopefully they can get it together tonight. Like I said, uh, Datsuk is back. He will be on a line with Cleary and Hoodler. Um, should be a pretty good game. But the Red Wings need to play a lot better uh, on the penalty kill and on the power play, especially on the power play. Uh, Babcock has been quoted as saying, we've got to play better and we've got to work way harder than we have. We need to play more out of, out of our forwards and we need more time in the offensive zone. Right now we are one and done and we are too easy to play against. Ideally, having Pavel back and more of the guys on deck will be better. But the guys that are playing have got to play harder. And that is the truth. The Wings need to play tougher hockey. I watched both of these games, and they were quite boring. Uh, the Wings just it won and done. I think that was the best way to say it. You get a shot, and it comes right back out. Uh, Joey McDonald and uh, Jimmy Howard both did not play poor games on Friday and Saturday, respectively. Uh, the defense needs to step up more, and the offense needs to keep that puck in the, the other team's zone a little bit better. But uh, overall, it's great to see that uh, Mr. Datsuk is back for us. And Holmstrom should be returning soon. Uh, do you remember this name, Megan? Peter Forsberg? Mm-mm. You don't know who Peter Forsberg is? <laughs> Come on, I mean, you're not that young. Uh, no. No, he plays for the Avalanche. He used to play for the Avalanche, okay? Mm-hmm. He was uh, you know, was with them for a long time. And actually, Peter Forsberg is returning to the NHL. Uh, he signed a $1 million uh, prorated contract uh, for the remainder of this season on Sunday to re- uh, reunite with his team, the Colorado Avalanche. Um, he basically uh, he had been on a three-year hiatus. Uh, but back and forth, really, not really in the NHL, not knowing if he wanted to really came, come back. Uh, he last played for the Avs in 2007-2008 season in only nine regular season games and seven playoff games before being sidelined with injury. So uh, nice to see the 37-year-old back. Uh, I've always liked competing against Forsberg, and maybe that'll even amp up the Avs-Wings uh, rivalry, which has kind of cooled off as of late. The Red Wings are second in the Western Conference, 68 points behind Vancouver. Vancouver's at 77 points. Philadelphia, Tampa Bay, and Boston round out the top three in the East. And like I said, Vancouver, Detroit, Dallas round out the top three in the West. Real fast, little Tigers news. Little Tigers. Love the Tigers. I'm so excited. Uh, the Tigers it keeps getting closer and closer. I know. It's Pitchers like, and catchers are going to be showing up soon. Right? And 
It's going to be good. Um, the Detroit Tigers today agreed to contract terms with eight players for the 2011 season. Uh, right-handed pitchers Lester Aurelios, uh, Jose Ortega, and uh, Brian Villarreal. I can't say this guy's name. That stunk. <laughs> I butchered it. Sorry, uh, Brian. Uh, left-handed pitchers Dwayne uh, Below, Phil Coke, and Charlie Furbush. And first baseman outfielder Ryan Streeby and infielder Audie Saracciol. Uh, the Tigers now have 25 players on their 40-man roster under contract for this season. So, just letting you Tigers fans know, it's coming up. And also, Michael Young, is he wants to be traded from the Texas Rangers. So maybe Detroit, make a play for Michael Young. It could be nice at second base. Could be. Could be. Could be. I mean, you got to be excited for this Tiger season, right? I am so excited for Tiger season. I really want to go to opening day this year. I know. That's April 8th. Goal. That's my goal. That's what we and my buddies were talking about. We're talking about catching the Wings. No, catching the Tigers game, then go to the Wings game after. There you Never go. Never done a back-to-back. Uh, two different. That would be sweet. That would be awesome. And it works out perfectly because the uh, Tigers play at, I believe, 1 o'clock against Kansas City. Okay. And the Wings don't play till 7.30. And they play the Blackhawks. And that'll be, like, basically, that'll be the... Second to last game before the end of the regular season for the Detroit Red Wings. So, if anyone wanted to do that, sounds like it could be a fun time. <laughs> All right, but um, we are going to get to uh, the interesting facts. Okay. And the interesting facts are about businesses. Figure, you know, we had businesses bombarding us with commercials all Super Bowl. There you go. And let's talk about some businesses. All right. Great. On average, a business document is copied 19 times. Okay. Good for businesses. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that's interesting. That's okay. The one, the better ones are coming. Trust me, listeners. Okay. All right. On February tenth, nineteen sixty-four, the first health self-adhesive stamps were used. I did not know they took them that long to have self-adhesive stamps. Huh. What did they do before? I was, I was just gonna ask that. Like they didn't have tape. Did they have tape back then? Yeah, I mean they had to have had tape. Well, then maybe they taped their stamps. That's that's stupid. That's a waste of tape. <laughs> <laughs> See, on October 19th, 1794, the first silver dollar coins were released to be circulated to the public. Been around a while. I've had a few of those. No, those are cool. I still have a few of those, I think. I don't know. I, I used just, to have a $2 bill. I don't know where the heck that is anymore. I have one of those. I have two of those, I think. But I have this old, like, uh, what is it, post office mailbox for, like, the P.O. boxes. Yeah. Out of, like, out of Dansville, small town. Yeah. And, uh... My grandpa got it for me, and we put a bunch of change in there. So we have like half dollars in there. We have silver dollars. We have we have everything in there. That's cool. And I can only imagine how much money is in there right now. I used to start collecting those state quarters. My my mom collects those. But I gave up on it. Yeah. I'll just buy the book maybe someday <laughs> that they have everywhere now. Uh, let's see. One barrel of petroleum holds 42 gallons. So for all you people with barrels of petroleum, that's how much is in there. Yeah, because you're allowed to have those laying around. Yeah, 42 <laughs> gallons. <laughs> let's see. All right, this is a pretty funny one. Over one million pet rocks were sold in 1975. Uh, creator Gary Dahl of Los Gatos, California, a millionaire, he got the idea while joking with his friends about a pet that was easy to take care of, which was a rock. I can't believe they sold There's them. a million dollar idea. Pet rocks, this guy's a millionaire now because of it. You walk out, dig up a hole, here's some rocks, like, let's sell them. Isn't it just a paperweight? Like, I mean, is that, we're just giving it a different name? Put some eyes on it. <laughs> it's like Those a chia pet. Eyes. Yeah, the googly eyes. <laughs> uh, let's see, painting a yellow house or having a yellow trim on your house helps actually selling the house faster. Really? Yeah. More appealing? Uh, yeah, I think it pops a little bit more, a yeah. little bit of color to right. it. And I don't think you don't see a lot of not a lot of houses are yellow. It's true. And I, 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 don't know, I think I yellow is a little is yellow. Is it a light yellow? 
Is yeah. that like a canary yellow? I mean, it's a lighter yellow. I mean, it's an older house. It's a farmhouse. My dad grew up yeah. there. So. I mean, I have no problem. I just hate, like, you ever seen those really bright yellow houses? Oh, my gosh. What burn your pink retinas? ones? Oh, God. I think we have a couple of those. We do. And there's some blue ones, too. There's a green, and I'm like, who painted these houses? <laughs> All right, let's see. Uh, Ray Kroc bought McDonald's uh, for $2.7 million in 1961 from the McDonald brothers. He's nice investment. I was going to say, he's got a lot of money now. Oh, yeah. Retail sales for soft drinks in the United States in 2001 were more than $60 billion. Yeah. Means we're fat. That's a lot. Here's a good one. I bet how many people needed this today? Sales of ant- ant- antacids increased by as much as 20% the day after the Super Bowl. It's <laughs> all that dip and chili and sausages oh, and wings, wings and, pizza. and just good stuff. Oh, yeah. And the final one, Sugar Bear, the mascot for Golden Crisp cereal, was born in 1963. Huh. He wasn't actually born. He was created, okay? He was Sugar born. Ba- yeah, he, he was, born. was born. The cartoon was born. Good. Okay, but um, I definitely want to thank all of our listeners for uh, tuning in to tonight's show. Uh, we'll definitely will be back next week with a brand new show with a lot to get to. Uh, for the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure, my name is Dave Rinku. And my name is Megan. And you guys have a good night. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89 FM. An exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM.